Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Former's lost it. The ball scrambled over the line by Roberto Firmino. Liverpool have doubled their lead another horrible scrappy goal in which Ford didn't cover himself with glory. Great move from Hazard, he beats Bennett, here's Eden Hazard, that's a brilliant goal from Eden Hazard. Fellaini with a header towards Smalling who turns and fires it home, it's an excellent goal. Oh he had no right to be able to wrap his foot around that and he's played it back for him Edem, who with a kind little kiss off the inside of the post gives Wolves a thoroughly deserved lead. Obiang into the box to Arnautovic! That's a beautifully crafted goal by West Ham United. And they are 3-1 up with an hour played. Arnautovic gets his third goal of the season. It's the Premier League preview show for week six of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show, Chelsea's toughest test so far. A trip to rejuvenated West Ham just days after their Europa League game. Tottenham hoping to avoid four straight defeats. I hope stating that fact isn't disrespectful. And we've got one eye on Liverpool, which is the same amount as Roberto Firmino. And it doesn't seem to have affected him, so we should be okay. Let's say hello to our panel for the day. We start as ever with my chief sidekick. I like to think of him as. Sidekick, eh? I like it, yeah. Yeah. We're like a Batman and Robin kind of thing. Maybe you're more of a night wing, a kind of cooler modern Robin. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's Talk Sports football editor David Walker. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. You okay after Watford's loss last week? They played yeah. well, though, didn't yeah, they? They were good. good. It's all good. You're happy. Four wins from five. Water off the ducks yeah. back. Only six wins now until safety. <laughs> I like that attitude. Uh, Dave with us as ever. Uh, for the second time this season, we are joined as well on the show by the former Chelsea, Leeds and Stoke defender, Michael Jubry. How are you, mate? I'm good, very good. Uh, you've come tracksuited. I like that. Are you fresh on the training pitch or are you just a tracksuit kind of guy? Just a tracksuit type of guy. Okay, yeah, I like it. It's good. I won't question you. You're a very scary <laughs> man. Uh, also with us for the first time this season, also in a tracksuit, I feel as if we've overdressed for the show. I know we haven't got a policy specifically, uh, but, you know, suits and tyres will be better. Uh, Kev Watson is here, former Tottenham, former Reading midfielder. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm very well, thank you, yes. Uh, lovely tracksuit. Is your team Hungerford these days? It's a freebie, yeah. So okay, fair I'd, enough. I'd wear it. As long as you don't pay, you can wear what you want. I like that policy. Uh, right, let's start the show with the big game of the weekend. Actually, I should say, if you're listening to the programme on a radio station, as many of you are, uh, you can download an extended podcast version of this programme. Uh, search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, any other good podcast provider. Uh, right, let's get to our first game of this show, the big game of the weekend. West Ham against Chelsea, one thirty UK time on Sunday. Chelsea looking to win their opening six games to a Premier League campaign for the third time. The other two times they did it, they went on to win the Premier League. West Ham lost both of their Premier League games at the London Stadium this season. They have never lost their first three home games in a league season in over 120 years of 
mediocre history. Uh, let's start with Chelsea. We should say we're recording the show before their game against Pauk, uh, which is on Thursday. Uh, so we're assuming everything went well. Everyone came through it. We don't think Hazard there uh, for this game and a few other senior players as well. So we're expecting a full 11 this weekend. Uh, Michael Jubi, let's come to you first on this. Uh, Chelsea, top of the table. Tremendous start. I think many of us, when we saw the Community Shield, were quite worried about what Maurizio Sarri was putting together how some of these players were performing, how they'd cope with it. Uh, but they're, they're coming through games where there's adversity. They were pushed by Bournemouth. They were down against Cardiff and they came through to win. Uh, how are they doing it? What's changed? I watched the Community Shield and I was a bit worried. Looked a bit flaky at the back and you don't know what could happen. But as we sit now, top of the league. So again, top of the league. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's You're saying a, it a lot this week because yeah, next week you can't. Yeah. Is no, no. I, listen, I'm just enjoying it and... We're building and we're winning, so you can't do better than that. You know, if we were sitting mid-table and we're like, oh, what's going on? But we're building and we're winning and it's all good and enjoy it while, we, while it lasts. So how good have Chelsea been, Kev? Because I think we, as we were discussing there, had a lot of doubts about certainly the midfield makeup, uh, who's going to play up front defensively, David Luiz in that central defensive position. It's all just gone quite well. None of the question marks have resulted in a negative answer. No, they haven't. Um, as Dube said, he's obviously big Chelsea. Uh, he's enjoying what they're doing. Um, they're easy on the eye at the minute. Obviously, in Hazard, they've got a man who's in terrific form. Um, he did go off the ball for a while, mm. um, but he's most certainly back on it now. And talk of him being the best in Europe, and you've got someone like that in your team, he's going to carry you an awful long way. And I think also the fact that now... Giroud has become more of a, a mainstay, if you like, as yeah. opposed to a bit part. And they seem to have a very, very good working relationship, the pair of them. And Hazard's come out and actually said that. And maybe Sari's thought, you know what? Yeah, I, I think that could work. And Morata's very much in the background at the minute. But Giroud, focal point of the team, and Hazard playing off of him, they're, yeah. they're dangerous. They're very dangerous at the moment. Last week, we spoke about Chelsea. And I, I asked the question, why isn't anyone considering them to be a genuine title contender? Now, a win against Cardiff doesn't necessarily mm. change that point of view. But we've seen with Hazard a hat-trick last week. He decided to take himself out of the game against Pauk Salonika because he's tired. If he does have the sort of season that he has had in the past and with the other players that they've got there, it seems like Chelsea could be that team again that could go close. I feel as if it's because I said last week Hazard wasn't a world-class player. That's why he was so good last week against Cardiff. But I think he's still got to score 40 goals to be in that bracket. And a hat-trick against Cardiff, as you say, Cardiff City are going to get relegated this year with 20, 25 points. They're a championship team at best. I, I know I get a lot of abuse from Cardiff fans for saying it every week, but that's the facts of it. Are we going too far because they've thrashed Cardiff? No, I, I don't think no one's... Um going over the top with the praises. You said top of the league six times at the top of the programme. That yes, seemed quite far. Because you have to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it's such a competitive league. You put Hazard scored a hat-trick, let's embrace it and let's enjoy it. No one's no putting them for the Ballon d'Or right now, but he's saying he's a good player. Giroud up top gives it that focal point. Morata can't play that role. So at the moment, we've, we're doing what we're supposed to do. And from the back of last year when Chelsea looked in pieces, disarray in-house argument look like we're enjoying where they are now well what about the argument then that the only real time they were tested this year was the Arsenal game and if Arsenal knew how to shoot from eight yards they'd have won that 7-3 yeah and granted it's Arsenal didn't take their chances and we would be saying something different I'm not saying I've not said the uh, defensive frailties have gone it's there when they come against someone that can shoot 
it might well be tested. It might not be saying that, but it's not something I'm brushing under the carpet with the sitting on top of the league, on top of the league. Um, do you know what I mean? So it's 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 just it's like top just. Of the league. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed that that wink. That's really going to no, come out well on this it, podcast. The, the frou- <laughs> no, none of the frailties are gone, but we've beaten what's in front of us, and a convincing win against Cardiff. Even though if they are going down, we have to do that, and it just sends a message out saying, you know what, we're we're there and thereabouts. I I think that you're right in what you're saying. That the the real test they've had so far is Arsenal. Um, that game could have finished any sort of score. Mm. It was almost like an FA Cup tie, wasn't yeah. it, for, for the start of the season. Um, an Arsenal team very much in transition, new manager, didn't know his best eleven. How good are they going to be? That still remains to be seen, yeah. Arsenal. So have we seen, have Chelsea really been tested yet? Possibly not. But you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, I think the acid test will be when they play one of the so-called. Is this big maybe guns. not an acid test though? Because yes. in Marko Manoutovic, you've got one of the form strikers certainly in English football over the last calendar year. Uh, a potential injury doubt for this weekend, but apparently the staff say he just needs to rest his knee and he should be okay. Uh, and Dave, we saw last week, didn't we, with West Ham? And I didn't watch the game. I did exactly what I said I was going to do at three fifty-nine p.m. local time. I got the dog. I put the lead on him. I went for a two-hour walk, came back home, saw the wife in the kitchen and said, did we win? She said yes, and I watched it. Uh, and I've, I can't do it this weekend because I'm going. It's very frustrating because now I've got a winning formula. Um, but up front, Dave, that front three, I mean, they absolutely marmalised Everton last week and they can do that through a defence that's got David Luiz in it, can't they? They did look very good. And I think Everton, an understrength Everton, some of the injuries they had and, and not very good defensively anyway, even if they do have their best players out, helped them. But they needed that win, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they play this weekend. Off the back of a confidence-boosting win, it's a big game against Chelsea. It's a big test for them, but we have seen in in previous years, in some of these big games, West Ham do sort of raise the level, and if the fans can get behind them, it it is a challenge. It's certainly a bigger challenge for Chelsea than the game against Cardiff would have been last week. I agree. It's it's a London derby, and all form games out the window. Hunger, the old school, who wants it more? All that sort of stuff throws in there. And... um, you know, West Ham have got quite a good record against Chelsea of late. Beat him last year. David Moyes' first win, I think. Yeah, you know, so it's it's a game that could be potentially a banana skin. and But if it goes into scoring, you know, you put Chelsea to outscore West Ham. What concerns me, Tom, at the minute is, do you think West Ham are going to be better away from home this year because of the expectancy? Well, they're always away from home. <laughs> yeah, but the, <laughs> the expectancy on them and what's happened at the London Stadium of late mm. and at the end of last year, have they carried that over? So regardless of this great result at Everton, will will it be a hindrance for them playing at home? Do the crowd get on them? or The personalities, you know, West Ham in that dressing room, the personalities there will say... FM, let's go, let's come together and then say whatever happens out there doesn't matter, let's get together. So it, you don't want to play in front of no fans. But you hear, you hear about teams and they say they're really good on the road. And mm. that's possibly because they're counter attacking teams or they like to suck teams onto and they've got pace up front. When the onus is on you at home to have more of the ball, more possession and create chances like that then if you're not that sort of team, then you're not going to be successful. Yeah. And as you say, the, the three that West Ham have got, are they suited to playing away from home? So for this game, do West Ham set up like the away team, Chelsea play like the home team? Is that what you expect? Because that's not Chelsea how Pellegrini will, wants Chelsea it. Chelsea will try and dominate possession. They've been one of the most dominant sides in possession this season. That's what they're going to do, whether West Ham like it or not. Yeah. Mm. I think just West Ham have to set up and play how they play. I don't think you know they're in that sort of form or them players that can swap in their mindset they have to play a certain way and obviously they're getting used to they're in transition with their manager and getting used to so they have to just play a certain way can they 
go their mindset with playing this way away from home. I think they just have to play how they play. They're going to use the, the win that they had to the basis of foundation. Let's get back to that. Let's find that sort of form, that mindset, and then go from there. In the next section, we're going to talk about Tottenham. You mentioned Eric Dyer. I wonder whether he plays this weekend, whether Spurs make wholesale changes after what was uh, a rough old defeat against Inter in midweek. That's next. The referee checks his watch again and then blows the four-time whistle. It's a comeback they'll be talking about until the cows come home. Spurs lose three in a row for the first time under Maurizio Pochettino. Right, let's move on to Brighton Hove Albion against Tottenham. It's 5.30 UK time this Saturday. Uh, Former Spurs man Kev Watson with us today. Um, What on earth happened in midweek against Inter Milan? Uh, What about Pochettino's Mourinho moment after the game and where on earth do they go from here it's it's back to back to back defeats yeah it is and I think it's the manner of those defeats um, the Watford one seemingly comfortable two set pieces um, and if you're setting up as a as one of the so-called bigger sides you know that the so-called lesser teams will work very hard on set pieces mm. because that's their route of scoring goals against you so you've got to learn how to defend against them um, didn't happen. He was obviously very disappointed w- with the way they conceded and lost that game. Liverpool, a, a good team, a good team. So is there any great shame or uh, disappointment in losing? Disappointment, yes. I mean, they played poorly. They kept giving yeah. the ball away so sloppily, did, yeah. so un-Tottenham they in the did. game. And Vaughan has never had a consistent run of games. At Swansea, he was a very good keeper. Yeah. But he's not had a consistent run of games, possibly at fault for both goals. Um, and then into Milan, you go 1-0 up, played very well second half. And then, again, lose the game to a set piece. And it concerns me now that you've never, ever seen Pochettino that angered, distressed, agitated in any any interview. And the last two or three, he's sort of coming for the press. Um, he's come out with a whole cow analogy that I don't think anyone knows what the <laughs> Some hell would he's... say it was utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> come on. <laughs> So he he's agitated. While they started well, no one was concerned that they hadn't signed any players. But yeah. as we spoke about outside, the others have and they've progressed. And Tottenham, as good as they've had been in the last couple of seasons, they've not challenged with the players they've got. So what what makes them think that they will without signing yeah, anyone this year? It's 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 a strange one, and and I I I think that the whole outburst was just pent up frustration pent up frustration that he can't, you know, go to the ones above and saying, this is what you've left me. Because, you know, you, you want to be able to to change things around, you know, put some fire under the players. He's got the, the complacent because they know they're playing. You know, he can't change. He's got no room to manoeuvre. And that might be the bit of frustration. Obviously, he's not going to be saying too much when he's winning and doing well. But I just think that for someone at that level, a club at that level, to think that they don't sign anyone and will still move forward and challenge and go that step further, it, it was ridiculous. Dude, as a defender, I want to ask you about the the changes that we've seen in Tottenham's back line consistently over the last few weeks and, of course, the goalkeeper as well. Yeah. We're never sure whether Trippier or Aurier is going to play. He left Trippier and Alderweireld at home for the Champions League game. He's played three at the back with wing-backs. And, of course, added to that, you've got Vorm, who possibly isn't a very commanding presence yeah. in the box. How difficult is that as a defender when, when you you know you don't really know who's going to be playing what system each week? I think uh, not only as a defender, as a player, like, I understand that the modern day, you know, people coming in and out, but one thing you want is consistency. You want to, you as, a, as a central defender, if I'm playing at the four, 
I want to know that relationship with my right back. You know, when we're going to speak and we know he's going, he's covered, you build up something. My centre-half partner, I, I know his little bits when he's going, little signs when he's going to jump to cover him. We, we're getting that camaraderie, high-five each other as a, as a back four. The goalkeeper, he's talking, understand it. When he's coming, keepers, I know when to... All the little bits that you build a relationship with. And if every week like you're chopping, changing, and also you're in and out and you can't get that rhythm and that consistency... Being a defender, it's about consistency, like all, all along the pitch. But as a defender, consistency, looking left and looking right, and knowing who's there and building that, because it's about covering for each other, building that trust more so than anywhere on on the part. Because one mistake from us, it's a goal. So you need that. You want that goalkeeper who's going to be commanding and making you feel safe. And he isn't, is he? No, that's why it, they're conceding set piece goals. Or six, it, I think they're conceding. It, 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 it breeds for the. You got a goalkeeper that's nervy and jittery. It breeds right through the team. Your defence be a bit jittery. Your midfielders don't know what's going to be covering behind. It just goes right through the whole team, and you know you just need a bit of consistency. And that's the one, the one because as a defender you run, but you don't run as much as everyone around the park. You know it's more sprint, walk, 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 sprint, walk, walk, walk. I was a bit more walk, 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 walk. <laughs> and and so you you're like your your legs, Fast walk. your legs. You know, unless you're playing against ten men, your legs just save. You can do that. You can do four against eight all day, like just moving, shuffling around. So you can afford to have them. They're the mainstays. You can flit around with the positions up front. So I don't know why he's changing it around, especially four to three, three. It's it's just. Yeah, it's, I, d- I don't know how you'd sit with this, Dubs, but I don't know why he's messing with it because yeah, their best formation. That suits their players is three five two. Mm. You got three centre halves: yeah. Sanchez, uh, Davison, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Vertonghen, and Alderweireld. Yeah. The full backs you can argue are better wing backs. Mm. So Trippier yeah. is a is a wing back for me yeah. and does it very well. And Ben Davis or um, or Danny Rose mm. are wing backs. Um, if you play that way, and if you're saying Harry Kane looks jaded and tired, even if you play him, you. In playing that formation, you get someone else up top with him because you can play two strikers. Midfielders, got three good midfielders. They've got a selection of midfielders. Well, that's a good point, actually, because that midfield makeup is going to be really interesting mm. this weekend because Eric Dyer is looking totally out of form, yeah. not looking like the player we've seen for, for yeah. a long time in that midfield. Um, there's even questions about whether we should go back in defence. The midfield form has been so poor. Winks is back, mm. um, but how really good is Harry Winks? I, I have no idea if he's actually any good. Maybe you can tell me because I've never seen anything great yeah, I, in him. I think he is. Then you've got your Ericsson, yeah, Ali's injured. I mean, then Bele. Then there's a lot of players that are all seem to be off form simultaneously yeah. that currently can't play together. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it, I say, I, I, I just think you get that set. You get that set, and everyone knows where they are, and you can. You can rest your 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 energetic your forward players. You can bring them out and get the rest. In. If you haven't got a big squad, they can then come in and out and rest. And your back four, your back five, wherever you play it, get set and they won't be that jade. You can now and again swap a few. There's a few to swap, but it's a consistent look. Mm. Uh, let's move to Brighton, who they faced this weekend. Uh, I was doing the game Monday, uh, Brighton Southampton. Another game, second game this season. They've been two nil down in uh, Fulham as well, and they got something from it. I thought they were terrible until that second goal went in and then suddenly thought, we're going to lose this. And they were utterly inspired uh, by Anthony Kanoka, who I think is due a move up the ladder. I really do. I think he's a fantastic player. The delivery for the Duffy goal was incredible. Uh, and Glenn Murray, once again, uh, 35 years of age this month, later this month. Fantastic goal, fantastic form. Uh, great penalty under pressure to get something from it. 
Um, but it feels to me a bit like Tottenham, in a way, that they're playing with last season's team, but for a different reason, because everyone they bought in the summer is useless. <laughs> Every single one of them. That Eve Basuma, yeah. uh, nowhere near ready. Uh, they need Pascal Gross back this week. I think he's injured and, and may well not play. But they bought 11 or 12 players kind of randomly. It's almost like they've gone in a tombola and gone, Johan Baksh, <coughs> should we get him in? No one's ever heard of him. He doesn't do anything. Um, what, 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 what do they do, Brighton? Because the last season squad got to do it again. Well, with Brighton, I think the expectancy level is quite low. So even I was listening to their crowd at Southampton. Even at 2-0 down, they're still singing their hearts out. Mm. So that's a team that can play without fear. Yeah. And this is the whole situation yeah. I was talking about, West Ham or yeah. whatever. So 1-0 down, they started the second half pretty well and had Southampton on the rack. All of a sudden, penalty from nowhere, 2-0 down. And you're thinking, oh, they could go under. And they just got better. Mm. They're unbeaten in four against the big six teams. Mm. Which are, you know, they do perform well when the, when the yeah. big games come to the Amex. But it feels to me like we, we're very quick and eager to jump on the, the crisis bandwagon with a team like Spurs. We saw mm. it with Man United a few weeks ago when they went out and they just beat Burnley. And I think this is a big, big game for Spurs. But if Brighton keep, keep going behind... There's only so many times you can yeah, do that before I agree with that. punish you. And, and this is a big game for Spurs. They need a reaction, but I, I think it, that this is a better team than, than Brighton have played in the last few weeks. If Brighton do win this, next week's show must be called the crisis bandwagon. <laughs> Has to be, because we'll start with Spurs at the top, because that's a great name for a podcast. Uh, listen, uh, let's go to the former crisis bandwagon next. That's Man United. They've got Wolves this weekend. That's our next topic. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. It's into the box, it's Saved by David De Gea, who saves Manchester United and prevents Watford from getting an equaliser. When the Wolves fans sing of being back, this is what they mean. A comprehensive victory, much more comprehensive than the scoreline suggests. Manchester United against Wolverhampton Wanderers, 3 o'clock this Saturday, UK time. United have lost two of their last five Premier League home games, as many as they had in their previous 43 at Old Trafford. Mourinho has never suffered back-to-back home league defeats in his managerial career. Uh, Dupes, with Man United, great win in midweek against those young boys, those devilish young boys. Wasn't Pogba very good? Uh, Fantastic first goal as well. However, 
Man United against Wolves, there's a chance here they might not see the ball. I'm just, I just want to say, I'm so glad that Man United won in pink kit because if they didn't, that have the pink kit would have to go. Go, go! It's nice, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. It's a nice strip. <laughs> it was, I'm glad they won. I'm just throwing that out. Could there. you wear a dusky pink, Jobs? I reckon I could have carried it could off. Could pull it off? I could have carried it off. If we had any budget, I'd buy you one, but we don't. Yeah, that's all right. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> expecting any any freebies. Um, yeah, against Wolves, Man United. I don't know. They just you just don't know what to expect from the team. If I'm honest. Like you know, the some players show up and they don't show up. It look like they're up for it. They're picking and choosing. I say they're picking and choosing, but it seems like they're they're going to turn up. They look in disarray. Some minute they they look harmonious and up for it. Other bits on the pitch look like they don't get on. So they won two battles in a row, though Burnley and Watford away. They were not easy wins. Yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not being uh, ultra negative and putting uh, Man United down. From from me looking in at, at watching their games, you know, I've watched one game and they look like they're together, and you know, they and in other games you're looking like these don't look like they want to play. Like we talked about again, playing for a manager. Sometimes they look like they don't want to play for the manager. Sometimes they look like they want to embrace and he's the best friend in the world. It's like it's very selective of of when they show up, which isn't a good sign for anyone trying to contend for the Premier League and wanting to be a top player. Mm. There used to be a time where I would switch on to watch every Manchester United game with the way they used to play and under Fergie and stuff. I don't rush to switch a telly on now when watch Mourinho's United. And as Dube said, sometimes they're up for it, sometimes they're not. Yes, they've won those two games. I think they're very much a team of individuals. They don't have a pattern of play that you can you can see. Mm. It just looks like off the cuff. I think Pogba just plays off the cuff, does what he wants for himself. Um, and you're right. Will will they see the ball? It's going to be the typical Mourinho side. They just grind mm. results out. They're not easy on the eye. And I think Wolves, a breath of fresh air for the mm. Premier League with the way they play. Yeah. It won't be easy for them. No two ways about it. Be- before we talk Wolves, Dave, last week uh, we said on this programme that now Man United are in a bit of trouble, a bit of bother, a bit of concern. What they'll do now is build a team around Maron Fellaini. Against Watford, I think we saw that last week and yeah. how important he is to their Premier League team. Yeah, I think he was the difference. And the game and against Burnley, no, it's slightly different as well, but those two games, they did sort of suit Man United in the situation they're in, they were they're they're up for a yeah. fight. They can they can scrap if yeah. they want to, and if they're up for it, and and a team like Watford, that was the kind of game they were going to do. They were going to try and stop Troy Deeney from bullying them and stop some of those big balls from coming into the box. But this is a different challenge, a very yeah. different game indeed. They're at home, as you said, Mourinho's never lost yeah. back-to-back home games in his whole career, so you'd expect Manchester United to win. But it will be very interesting to see how Wolves play. They made a load of chances. Against Burnley, was last it 27, week. 28 they chances? They only scored one. Yeah. They're not going to get as many chances no. you think at Old Trafford, are they? And, mm, you know, maybe. They're going to need they to take their chances. But I, I had this theory, and I had this conversation with some friends, and Kev might uh, back me up or. The Man United players, they're all, they all believe they're, like, believe they're top players. They can play, they're, you know, and they're, they're playing for Mourinho, asking them play a certain way. And they look down the road at their peers at Man City playing this lovely flowing football. Everyone's getting their plaudits, you know, everyone's getting, oh my God, what a player. And then going to pick Pogba thinks he's his top player. I should be able to show my skills, be free-flowing. And then they look down the road at Man City and every player can play pop passing and they have to play this restrictive. And I think it shows in their body language game after game that they don't want, they can't say come out in the press and say the manager, the way they're playing is just horrible. But it shows in their body language and it's, it's the, the clearest sign that you can see that they're not happy that all their peers, they go, imagine going on, sorry, in national break and you're talking with your mates and then... You're looking and thinking, 
how you lot are playing it's, it's horrible and you do that happens it happens and you, you, you can tell the Man United players feel like that their body language shows time and time again mm, I totally agree I totally agree you assemble a team of, of players of that ability and of that ilk you would expect them to be more than just grinders and I think that's what they are at the minute mm. and Burnley Watford yeah you know what you're getting with Watford they play up to Dini they get it forward he's a handful he's come up through the leagues they stood up to the test nicked a couple of goals um, Burnley the same and this will be different because they're at home they'll be expected to come out and dominate the ball I'm not sure they're going to be capable of dominating the ball against Wolves. Really interested to see Neves and Matinho mm. in midfield against that three, whether they can, because they have every mm. time seen yeah. this year. been fantastic. Listen, we've got to move on. Uh, let's talk about Liverpool. Unbeaten in their last 23 Premier League games at Anfield. A uh, fantastic victory against Paris Saint-Germain in midweek against Southampton, who once again dropped points from a winning position. 26 points from winning position since the start of last season. Will we see a Champions League hangover for Liverpool? It's quite a tight turnaround, 3 o'clock Saturday. They haven't got any additional time, really. I thought they might have got a Sunday game this week. No, I think Liverpool are flying. They're full of confidence. And when you're full of confidence, you're never tired. You're never tired. You go out there, you're full of energy. You're just going to play more and more football. And I think that Liverpool won't have any Champions League hangover. They've got a, a large enough squad with players that want to play and impress to, to secure their places. So I can see Liverpool you know, going on and, and winning convincingly. This is the sort of game that in years gone, par- gone by in the last few seasons and even beyond that in the, in, under other managers, we've seen Liverpool slip up. Yeah. Home games on a Saturday afternoon when you'd expect them to win and they, they'd be better in the big games, but not this season. Mm. They've sorted out any, the mistakes yeah. at the back. Gomez and Van Dijk look a really solid central defensive partnership. Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, the full-backs, the keepers all sorted. That is, a, you yeah. know, compared to Tottenham, that is a solid unit that's not going to change. I struggled to find the floor. Like, yeah. I looked at Liverpool for, where is, you know, before you go, they concede, they get sloppy, the, the goalkeeper. But where is the floor in Liverpool at the moment? You struggle to, to pinpoint one. Salah's poor form, and that's saying something, isn't it? That's it. Uh, we have a lot of African listeners to this podcast, and I've got a little quiz for everybody. Um, so Sadio Mane has scored 48 Premier League goals. Um, if he scores two more, he becomes the seventh African player to score 50 goals in the Premier League. How many can we name? Drogba. Drogba, yes. Kanu. Kanu, yes. Very good. I'm surprised um, at how good this has been y- so far. Yakubu. Yakubu is in, yes. Wow. Um... Kalu? Yeboah. Yeboah is a no. Great goals, but not 50. What did you say? Kalu? Kalu's not there. A couple of big obvious ones. Kanu? Did you say Kanu? We've had Kanu. Kanu's already in. Adebayor. Adebayor, yes. His brother and him. Two of them. Great chant. Yaya Torre. Yes. Yes. There's one more we haven't got, but we haven't got time to keep going all day. But I was very impressed by the group there. F. Anikoku, the other one. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Old school. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're about to meet some friends and they're not listening, A, tell them to subscribe and B, try it out. See if they're as good as our panel. Educational as well, this show. Briefly to Southampton, no Danny Ings, ineligible. This weekend, that's a problem. Yeah, that is yeah. a problem because Charlie Austin is, is struggling again. Yeah. He's hamstring at the moment. Uh, Manolo Gabbiadini looks utterly spent as a footballer. I don't know what's happened to him. Get out of Southampton. The water does not suit you. Uh, but without him, they ain't going to score any goals. No, I, I totally agree. He's yeah. he's gone in and he 
his appetite for the game. Obviously, not played a lot of games at Liverpool. He's gone in fresh and he's been excellent. Um, and as you say, Charlie Austin not fully fit. Um, Hungerford boy actually so we could yeah. take him on loan give him a few games he does come to our games um, does he really? Yeah. do you speak to him on his air? well the, the manager knows him do you take yes. the crutch off him? <laughs> yeah I'm not sure we'd get in our team at the minute. so he's yeah it's it's a problem for Southampton I don't think that they've not got goals from other areas if you like Yeah. Uh, right got to move on next section of the show we've got loads of games to get through we're going to start with Arsenal who are up against Everton on Sunday Jacker down the left-hand side, pulls it back across goal. Lacazette with a chance, tees it up, comes up, Ozil passes it into the back of the net. A hand on it from Dubravka, but it hits the back of the net and Arsenal have their second of the game. Right, let's move on to Arsenal up against Everton on Sunday. They, of course, in Europa League action on Thursday. We're recording the show before they've played. So, as ever, we'll assume everyone has come out unscathed. Uh, Arsenal have scored more Premier League goals against Everton than any side has managed against any other in the competition history, 105. Uh, before we start with, with Arsenal, though, I want to start with Everton, actually. Uh, because they looked absolutely shambolic at times against West Ham last week. Lots of problems with players being out. Of course, uh, Morgan Schneiderlin's game, uh, head wasn't in the game, and we can understand that, but there's a lot of players out uh, with, with injury. There was suspension last week for Richarlison. Um, what's going on with Everton? Why were they so poor last week? Is it just players being out, or is there more than that? Poor performance or poor performance. I mean, Zuma and Holgate is a poor central defensive pairing. Digne, I think, look good going forward, but terrible defensively. I think, I think there's question marks over... Marco Silva's ability to organise a, a solid defensive unit. If you look at his teams at Watford and, and at Hull, and I don't know if he stands up if you look at his record in Portugal and Greece, but they score a lot of goals and they're quite an attractive teams and they, they, they're, they're all action, but there's not a lot of clean sheets. Mm. And it seems to have been the same so far at Everton. I know they've had injuries, they've, they've not got all their first choice defenders available, but it, you know, it, doesn't, it is concerning. Yeah, maybe it's just something he neglects, you know, like that, that whole old Newcastle trying to outscore teams mm. and it's just like well if we outscore and we win games you but... can't do that with Umani Ass and Jenk Tosser yeah. though can you I mean all the quality they've brought in who are these two but maybe some some people you know you, when you see people assemble a team they always start from the the front like, yeah bring strikers in bring wingers like, in you never build a house like with a roof do you like you start with the foundations and you, you start at the back and every uh, team that's contended or won the Premier League has had that formidable back four and goalkeeper and it's like why people want to go against that grain if you're going into you know I'm not in management careful back but if you're going into a, a, a team like I want to know that my back four and you know, my defence is solid now everyone else can just stop worrying and we can go and score and play and we can implement our style of play but you just like scoring goals and then conceding it becomes like most going to a basketball league do you know what mm. I mean you got um, you got problems if you need to score three and four to win football matches. Yeah. It's not, and Holgate for me is a is a fullback. He's he's not yeah. he's not a centre half. Zuma's never really tore up any trees, has he? Mm. And they've been thrown together, um, and with Ricarlison out, then a, a big goal threat or creator goes for you as well. Mm. Uh, what about Arsenal this weekend then? Because three straight wins, all fairly tough wins as well. They they were outplayed at times against West Ham. They had to fight. Against Cardiff and uh, Newcastle last week as well was was a close run thing. Are they getting things right? Is Unai Emery getting things right? They're not like making massive waves. They're just going along with things and they're getting you know they they're getting their wings in transition and they're doing it. But that where Arsenal want to be, they they're not there. Still miles off. Yeah, they're not there. They're not there. It's 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 great getting the Ws and they're getting on with things and 
but they're nowhere there and, and they need to find themselves and find identity and then do it quick because in the meanwhile they're stalling people are building and it becomes harder and harder and harder they're like a bit of a superior version of everton really aren't they that at the back he doesn't look yeah. too good um you know we had this, the problems with peter check and playing out from the back but again last week when are we going to see him score an own goal it's going to happen <laughs> i can't wait i'm but so excited going forward they look good yeah. they've got options and they're mm. all the players going forward look like they're in good form i i think they're still short i yeah. think i think they're still short and i know it's early but I think they're going to have a real struggle to make the top four again this year. There's something lacking there. Yeah. I mean, they played Cardiff, didn't they? And I thought Cardiff were unfortunate not to get anything out of the game. Uh, let's move on. Cardiff against Man City is three o'clock this Saturday, UK time for Cardiff City. Uh, a tough old outing for them. I like these little passing stats sometimes. Here's one for you. City have the highest pass accuracy in the Premier League with 89.8%. Cardiff, the lowest with 63.6%. Uh, they've also uh, the opposite ends of the scale for the amount of passes attempted. City, 2,111. I don't know who counts these. Don't come to me with this. Uh, for, for Cardiff, it's the lowest uh, with 1,351. Yeah, um, you've actually got that wrong. City have, City have attempted, oh, attempted 2,011 yeah, right. more passes yeah, than yeah, okay. That's the differential. Season. So it's 3,462 yeah, yeah. to 1,351, a 2,000 plus differential. Um, that's mad, isn't it? That's a mad thing. Do these two teams belong in the same division? Uh, and City have got to bounce back from that performance in midweek. I mean, they were shambolic, weren't they, against Lyon? Yeah, they're... Um... Talk about um, got a Chelsea man and a, and a Tottenham man both smiling got, at that you've performance. You got, 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 talk about Champions League backlash. I think Cardiff will feel a Champions League backlash. Yeah, I think they will. Um, Drink Neil Warnock was come on City, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be. We're going to see a, 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 an angry, um, rejuvenated point to prove City. Do we see Aguero, who was injured last week on the bench in midweek? Yeah, I'm asking for a friend who's got him in his team. I think I think that we see uh, all powerful looking to prove a point. Let's get things back on the the road, and I think Cardiff will suffer. I just had a little chuckle to myself there. <laughs> I just just imagine Neil Warnock last night watching, <laughs> watching that game, going, "Oh no, please equalise, please win." <laughs> But they they uh, done all right at Chelsea last week, yeah, didn't they, they Cardiff? Did. They battled, they, they got the higher yeah. ball in the box, with, which Chelsea struggled with, with City will struggle. With a Neil Warnock team, you know what you're getting. They're going to be out to disrupt. Yeah. They won't create an awful lot. Will they'll, he be in his shorts this week? That's the question. They'll play for set pieces. He'll be winding up the officials. He'll be winding up Pep yeah. if he can. Um, but Dubs is right. I cannot see any other result than Man City going there and putting on a show. Because they very, let's get it right, they very rarely get beat these days. Mm. And when they do... Yeah. There is a backlash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the Slavica Jakanovic derby. Fulham against Watford. Jakanovic uh, was in charge uh, of Watford for 36 games between October uh, 2014 and May 2015. Never faced the Hornets as an opposition manager. Will you shed a tear this weekend, Dave? It's a shame it never worked out for at Watford. If it should have done. If I was there, I'd be giving him a hearty round of applause because the fans have never had the chance to do that, actually, since the, since the promotion. And a lot of Watford fans would have liked to have seen him stay when they got promoted, but that's all history. This is a very interesting game. You got you got a bit of a clash of styles between these teams. Fulham play nice football. They they've had some good performances so far from coming up. Watford are, are still going to be confident, even though they lost last week. There was a feeling that it wasn't too bad. It was we we nearly got something out of that game against one of the big teams. So uh, it's a tricky one to call this one. Mm. Both teams will be looking at it thinking we could win. I think you're right. It's going to be a contrast of styles. Um, Fulham very much like Wolves, play very attractive football, 
are they as good as Wolves? I think not, but they won't go away from what they do. I think Watford may just overpower them. Yeah. Uh, decent game though absolutely the early game in the weekend 12.30 UK time on Saturday uh, Crystal Palace Newcastle is 3 o'clock Saturday UK time uh, the boy who cried wolf sorry I mean Wilfred Zahar has scored 75% of Crystal Palace's Premier League goals this season uh, three quarters obviously uh, since the start of the 16-17 season fouls on Wilfred Zahar have drawn a total of 41 cards more than any other player how does he get protected this weekend because Crystal Palace wrote to the Football Association, the Premier League, the Premier League it was, and said, um, what are you going to do to look after Wilfred Zahar? That's the midfielder's job, right? To look after Zahar. And also, for every time he is fouled, he doesn't dive so much, Zahar. I find that he just stops playing and turns around and calls for a free kick, maybe eight to ten times a game. So, in my mind, I've got him as a diver because I've seen him do bits of bobs. Leicester, I'm thinking of. Watford, I'm thinking of when he has dived. But it's just more of a case for me when I watch him. I think there's no reason for you to stop playing. Oh, me? Oh, okay, I'll take it. Um, Would you have kicked him? Would you have booted him? Could you have caught him? I would have caught him. But like, Before he like, had a chance to run. Well, your but, power but, walk. But, like, <laughs> if, if you're going to, if you, if, from a player, if you know someone's uh, whinging and whining, yeah, let's get on him. Let's get on him. Like, you don't want to make it too obvious, let's get on him. For him now, like, obviously, he's drawn some attention to it. So, it can have one way, like, the, the ref can be like, well, I'm in charge here. When you start stopping, like, wait, I'll make the decisions, mm. play on. So you're not going to help yourself there. The referee might think, oh, I've got to protect because all eyes are on me and, and the foul, foul. But you just got to play. And it's a physical game. It's a physical league. You know that. If it's the the whole chopping, the, uh, like kicking and slicing, it's obvious and, and uh, a foul will be called. But other than that, Hazard, all them, you're a flair player. That's what happens to you. It happens in the playground at school. <laughs> Everyone knows that. So if you're a flair player and do round the world tricks, people, there's a clumsy kid. There's all them kids want to kick you. It's part and parcel of, of of football. So you have to get on with it. Would I try to kick him as fairly as I could? Mm. I would have tried to smash him and kick him and get tight. That's part of the game. And his uh, part of his game is to get round me. Mine is to stop him. Uh, briefly, Newcastle. Um, they've had a lot of games in a row where they've had to defend, defend, defend. This is the first time since the Cardiff game, I think, they would be expected to try and get something from the game. Palace has struggled at home. Uh, how tough is it to get out of that mindset from four weeks? So it'll be defensive drills all day, probably every day, training every day, to now like, right, lads, we've got to get on the front foot here. Is that tough for Newcastle? I think it is tough, yeah, because you, it's difficult. You think, oh, yeah, we've had all these tough games. This is one we can win. But if you go into it with that mindset, you're just putting more pressure on yourself. Yeah. I think you should go into most games and have a go. Um, because if you go into play Manchester City, you, you, uh, Liverpool's or whatever, you might as well have a go because the likelihood is you're going to get beat anyway. So don't sit back and just wait to be beaten. Mm. Have a go because you're thinking, all right, well, we're not getting nothing out of this game. We're not getting anything out of this game or this game. But Palace, I'll tell you what, we'll have a right go. And you just put you just put pressure on yourself to yeah. win that. I think I think that when like you, you set yourself up, you know, you're playing a Man City, you have a, a game plan. So you're still having a go at your game plan because it's the, the game plan, the best way of getting Sank out of the game. You never go out and say, we're going to get beats. So we're going to play. You have the best way of getting Sank out of the game. So you uh, do that game plan, apply that game plan. So when you come to a palace, you're thinking, these are games we can win. You're still going for it and applying your game plan, but it's it's more chance you think we've got to get Sank out of it. And like Newcastle will look at the teams around them. And this is one of the teams that they say, these are the three points we have to get. City, Chelsea, we're not expected to, but this is a game we have to get Sank out of it. Two more games we haven't mentioned on the programme as yet. Got to get to Huddersfield Town. I was watching them on the monitors here in the studio last week and it reminded me of you know people 
bringing their fingernails down a chalkboard or waiting outside a doctor's office or being in the dentist. Watching Huddersfield try to score is so, so painful. They had 15 shots, only two hit the target. Uh, every time they got in the box, people are falling over. It was like watching Laurel and Hardy. It was unbelievable. There was one great shot by Aaron Moy, absolutely. But apart from that, it was real tough. And there's always stats about this every week. And I'm going to keep throwing them out because I'm, I'm telling you, uh, Wagner was undersold by his board this summer. They did not back him up with the strikers they needed. They failed to score in 55.8% of their total Premier League games. They haven't scored in 24 of 43 games. That is appalling. That is absolutely appalling. Uh, and they might go down this year because they haven't got anyone to score a goal. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you hear sound like that, and I just think to myself, if we're finding to failing to score and find it so hard to score from open play, we have to be set piece specialists. We have to be so well versed in set pieces and be so creative that uh, our goals come from there. And it just and then teams will get a bit flustered because they don't want to give corners away and that it might make something else happen but they have to they have to find some way obviously open play you know it's difficult to score you know but you know you'd think you'd be like set piece specialists just to try and get an avenue of, of trying and then signing big strong you know the Tony Pulis route where you used to get big players and we go set pieces and just disrupt the whole game but, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's strange They're stuff. just no good at anything, which is... <laughs> they're just not good at any individual thing. The way they lost that game to Palace last week was pitiful relegation fodder. And it's going to be tough against Leicester this weekend because they're off the back of a couple of losses. They need to get on the front foot. They're generally quite good at getting on the front mm. foot as well. Uh, and it was a tough loss to take against Bournemouth last week. Uh, I want to move on to Burnley against Bournemouth. Burnley, bottom of the table, one point uh, from their five games so far. Four straight defeats, beaten... And embarrassed by Wolverhampton Wanderers last week. Um, this is a massive game for Burnley. Huge game, really isn't it? Absolutely yeah. huge you've got, game. You've got Sean Dyche actually coming out after that game and, and kind of having a go at his players and, and saying, well, and himself really, saying that the whole club, there is a fog over us at the moment and we need to get ourselves out of it somehow. And that's not, you know, it's not the sort of fighting talk that we're used to from Sean Dyche. And I don't know if either of you have been in this situation, but when does sort of a slow start become... A bigger problem psychologically for those for those players. It, I, I've been, um, you know, Leeds and Reading, where, you know, especially like Reading, where we, you know, had the great uh, first season, and then the next season, and you kind of like, you know, the one thing I said Reading, we got away from the whole ethos of team that made us so good as individuals. So then, you struggle. Like, we get the next one. That win didn't come. We get the next one. Next minute, you're like, oh, we're here. And then there's a gulf between us. Now we're in this mini league of relegation and it becomes so hard to get out. Form's bad. You can't just turn it on. We're not that good as a team. So I look at Burnley and thinking, they're already there. Like it's it's They're already there. The, 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 the losses are there. They're piling up. They're not that good to go, we'll get ourselves out of it. So they're in that. And how they get out, I think their manager's a great manager. Mm. I think if someone can get them out, you know, with his cigar, boy, don't you get them out <laughs> But like he, 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 he came out of that. You, you know, should do the rest of the show with Sean Dice. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. We should all do it from now on. Yeah. But he, he'll get them out. So yeah, they're in there. They're in that. They're in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in any in any other previous season, in do a, you Sean Dice? Don't do it. I watch some Sean Dice. I do some Sean. So any other any other. Uh, That's Tommy Cooper. What are you doing? <laughs> any other season, I would say that we we were down for three points. <laughs> no, I think I think that. Um, uh, yeah, any other season you'd look at, look at this as a home win on paper, yeah. but all of a sudden, like Dubes is saying, 
Bournemouth come into town, started very well. Yeah. You're going, could this be another one? Yeah. So a huge game. You, you wouldn't say it's one of the most glamorous games of the weekend, but tell you what, there could be. Is Sean Dyche bulletproof as a manager? I don't know. You know, he's, mm. he stayed there when he could have possibly gone, yeah. when they was having a great time. He stuck it out because he he loves the club, but. When does enough become enough? Yeah. These are the two longest-serving managers in the league. Yeah, how long is it they've both been there? Is it five years? Well, they've both been, seven, they've been them before they obviously yeah. got promoted with both these managers in charge. And they both, at various times, have been touted for moves to bigger clubs. But then also that question has been asked as well. I don't think any manager's bulletproof, but no, these no. two are probably the closest you're going to get, I'd say. Uh, briefly on Bournemouth, I thought it was a fantastic watch last week. Uh, Bournemouth against Leicester. What a great game it was. 4-2 victory. And I'll tell you what, every year we talk about Bournemouth and if they might struggle I'll tell you why they're not struggling because I think Eddie Howe is very very clever and he's gone we can't beat them for quality so we've got to find something we can beat people with and even work ethic doesn't always cut it you look at that team I'm thinking about Rico Smith Lerma even Brooks obviously Fraser Wilson and King what they got pace 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 and any team that steps up on them a little bit like Leicester did Ryan Fraser destroyed them Absolutely destroyed them. I didn't know little legs could move that fast. Incredible. Uh, and they've just had that little idea. And I think that could really be the undoing of Burnley this weekend. I look at them, I don't see that at all. No, listen, as a, as a defender, you hate defending pace. Like, you know, and to, to play high. We did that once was at Leeds. We played high. We got the, the game plan high at Highbury. Mm. And Thierry ended up scoring four. And I just look at the highlights and score gold. And I'm chasing, like, I'm thinking, oh, that's daddy running there. Is it dad? <laughs> You can catch your same bolt. But like to like pace is a killer. Like anyone who's got pace is a killer, whatever level. And if you've got that in a team, it makes you know, teams play differently, teams drop, gives your ball players more space to play. So yeah, it's it's a joy when you see you have pace in your team. And Fraser's very quick, isn't he? Yeah. Full of energy. The team's full of energy. Great to see you, Kev. Thank you, thank you, Dubes. Uh Dave, as ever, uh, another show next week. Looking ahead to uh uh, maybe a third West Ham win in a row. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, listen, if you are listening to this programme on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast. Search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, or any other good podcast provider. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.